Welcome to the Different Functional Podcast. In today's episodes, we are going to be talking about the pressures of the holiday season and more importantly, how to take control of the traditions we're expected to participate in so that we can enjoy the holidays or at the very least, survive them with minimal psychological fallout. I am Autumn, the older sister, and my fact of the day is that I, in fact, do not celebrate Christmas anymore. I actually celebrate Bobbly Spriggins. And I'm not going to tell you anything about Bobbly Spriggins right now, but I do promise I will tell you more about it later in the episode. I am Ivy, the younger sister, and my fact today is that I am generally so disconnected from most of the rest of the world at this point that for the last few years, I have mostly forgotten that the holidays are a thing and that they're happening at all. I just operate as though it's any other day. And I'm genuinely surprised when people mention the holidays. I'm like, oh, yeah, people do that. That's a thing. Anyway, uh, before we get into the the episode fully, we do have an exciting announcement. We have merch. Right now, we have merch through TeePublic. We will be expanding out onto some other websites. But for the time being, we are on TeePublic. You can get tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs. Uh, you can get stickers. You can get phone case covers. You can even get wall art. If you're interested in our merch, you can go to our website, www.differentfunctional.com. And on our homepage, there will be a link that will take you directly to our storefront on TeePublic. And that is the best way to find us because unfortunately, TeePublic, they, they are very selective about who they allow to have in their searchable results. And since we are so new on there and we don't have a lot of designs yet, if you attempt to search for us directly on TeePublic, you more than likely will not find us. So if you want to check out that merch, please go to our website, click on that link in our homepage. And <laughs> our merch is a great way, just, you know, hint, hint, to share the news about us existing. We always ask you to do that at the end of our episode, but I get what it's like to feel really shy and not want to actually speak to other humans. I totally get that. But if you want to share with other people that we exist and our podcast is awesome, you can wear our logo on a t-shirt, just subliminal messaging. It'll make people curious and they'll be like, what is the different functional podcast? Perhaps I should check this out. So, you know, there's, there's that. And I think this is excellent too for our episode today because these items would make great Christmas gifts. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to pressure you to buy anything for the holiday season, though we do want to pressure you to buy it because, you know, merch, right? <laughs> but let's go ahead and jump into our topic of the day, which is turning the tables on holiday traditions. For so many of us, the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever it is, this whole little cluster of holiday bullshit right at the end of the year is extremely difficult. And there are a lot of pressures that come with the holiday season. Even if you love the holidays, even if you're wide-eyed excited and you're so happy about them, you can't argue that there are pressures that come with them. So let's start by talking there. And the first of these is just psychological pressures. And I'm going to start out with the most obvious. And if you are a true Christmas lover, you might want to punch me in the face of this, but I'm just going to say it. The music sucks. I'm sorry, but it fucking sucks. And I say this as somebody who has worked many, many years in retail environments. I very much understand why playing the same song again and again and again and again is a form of torture because it is psychological torture. And when you are in a retail store for an eight or 12 hour shift and you have to listen to some fucking rendition of Jingle Bells 30,000 billion fucking times, you are about ready to snap. I have pretty much lost all taste for Christmas music at this point. And that, that's just one tiny 
tiny little pressure, one tiny little psychological issue that can come with the holidays. You know, it is interesting to me with the Christmas music that Jingle Bells seems to have the most variations and renditions because I think most people would agree that Jingle Bells is probably the worst Christmas song there is. Uh, It's definitely the one I hate the most. Another of those psychological pressures, and this is one that I feel, there's a lot of pressure to disrupt your routine. And I think I speak for a lot of neurodivergent people. Whether you love routine or you hate routine, you do function better with a routine. And nothing disrupts routine quite like the holidays because people are taking time off and people are traveling and you probably have pressure to travel yourself. Longer lines at the grocery store. There's more traffic on the roads. There's just so much that's going on all the time. And it is a huge disruption to your routine That's one that really gets me because as much as a part of me despises routine, I am a shit show and a half when I do not have it. So that's part of the reason why I am out of touch with the rest of the world. And I kind of intentionally stay out of touch with the rest of the world during the holidays because I am trying desperately to cling to any little bit of routine I still have. Another pressure that we all experience is the pressure to be more generous during the holidays, which it's great to be generous with your time and your money and your resources in general. But not everybody has extra time money and resources to be generous and there being a Salvation Army Santa Claus in front of every store can be a little bit much sometimes. Even if you have a little bit of extra money, every time you go into a store, there's somebody ringing a bell with a red bucket, hoping you'll put money in it and you feel a little guilty when you walk by it. So yeah, I think there's some pressure to be generous too. Definitely generous with money too. I mean, gifts and all the expectations you're supposed to have around that. But like Ivy said, also generous with time. You have a lot more increased social obligations, even if you don't know anybody. Like a lot of times I've been expected to attend work functions or get randomly invited to things by people that I guess pity me or kind of know me. Not all of us have the psychological wherewithal to deal with that or even just the time in our routine, depending on how busy our schedule is. And I think that can be very disruptive. And I think that goes straight into the relational pressures that we can experience during the holidays too. There's just pressure to be around other people more because it's Thanksgiving, because it's Christmas. We're all extroverts now. We all just love all other humans and want to be around them all the time, which it doesn't, that doesn't work that way. Just because it hit a certain date on the calendar or a certain season in the year, I'm not all of a sudden a different person that wants to be around people 24 seven, but there is kind of this expectation that you do, even if it's just family, obviously we need to all be together. I'm very happy that the work wanted to provide us free food because I do love free food. But the two hours of socialization that goes with that is very difficult for me because I don't want to be around other humans. And I think this is especially difficult for those of us that come from difficult families, especially if we've got a trauma history with our family. There's a lot more pressure to be around family as well. And even if you're disconnected with your family and you don't have the family telling you, oh, well, you need to come home for the holidays. You have other people like, oh, you don't talk to your mom, but it's Christmas. And all of a sudden you get all of this other family shit that can be left alone and not kicked in the kidneys the rest of the year. But the holidays come up and all of a sudden everybody wants to tell you about who you should be hanging out with. Yeah, that one is definitely, definitely one that gets me. Uh, I do actively kind of try to forget the holidays. And anytime I go to a client's house or whatever, oh, what are you doing for the holidays? You going back home to visit your family? And I'm like, but I don't like most of my family. (laughs) 
I only have like one or two people in my family I actually like being around. So no, I was going to just try not to holiday at all, but thanks anyway. (laughs) And then sometimes if you do say that, then they really feel bad for you. And then they try to pressure you to become part of their family for the holidays. And that's a whole nother level of awkwardness that you have to deal with. There's also these emotional pressures around the holiday season. One of the biggest ones is this pressure to be happy because you're just inundated, especially through the media, with happy, smiling faces and everybody's having fun and they're enjoying everything and they're excited about gifts and they're spending time with their family and everybody looks so happy. And you have to be happy too, because if you're not, then you're Ebenezer Scrooge and nobody likes you and you're ruining things for everybody else. And you can't just be contented happy either. You've got to be unnaturally jubilant. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not somebody who feels most emotions strongly anyway. So this pressure to be unnaturally happy is a bit much for me. It's not only really annoying that people are like pressuring you what emotion to be, which is extremely invalidating to any other emotion you happen to be experiencing, but also because every Everybody seems to be pulled into these scripts like, oh, I have to act happy and I have to act merry. And everybody's going around ha, 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 being their jovial selves. It just also begins to point out how bleak your life is. You know, I, I do love the Christmas lights, but sometimes those pretty Christmas lights all over the place start really highlighting how gray everything else is in your life. And that discrepancy is upsetting. That was one of the biggest, biggest issues with the holiday season. I mean, well, there were a lot of issues with the holiday season when we were growing up. But I know that was a constant theme was the idea that there was so much pressure to be happy. And that happiness pressure just made everything so much more difficult to deal with. Right hand in hand with the pressure to be happy is the pressure to be grateful, especially around Thanksgiving. But that even travels over into Christmas and you should be thankful for this and happy that somebody got you some gift you didn't even ask them for and necessarily want. But then definitely Thanksgiving. Well, what are you grateful for and what are you thankful for? And if this is a naturally difficult time for you anyways, you may not feel very grateful and being forced to be grateful isn't really helpful. And and I'm not saying anything against gratitude and I'm not saying anything against that the happiness and the joy, those are great valid things to have and they have many psychological benefits. But when you're forcing them down somebody's throat, you don't really get the psychological benefit anymore. They just turn into invalidating tools and they're very, I think, psychological damaging. The pressure to be happy is just outright psychologically damaging. Another pressure is to forget and ignore all the bad stuff that goes right in. You know, well, we all have got to be happy. Let's not talk about what happened when you were a kid. Let's just pretend that didn't exist right now. Really? You know, it's hard enough you invalidate my trauma every other time of the year, but now you're going to you're going to pull this right now during the holiday season. And that's what it turns into is we, we can't acknowledge the negative. We can't deal with whatever happened in the past because we've got to be happy. We got to sweep it under the rug and it turns into this rigidity and that amount of pressure. It really stretches everybody to the breaking point where all it takes is one little tap and we just crumble. That pressure to ignore the bad stuff and pretend that negative things didn't happen, that also extends into the present day. Because since there's that pressure to be happy, since there's that pressure to be thankful for everything, since we are, a lot of us are stuck more with our families, and that can be difficult when you have a difficult family, the pressure to just pretend 
pretend like nothing bad ever happened is very strong in part because, well, let's not rock the boat. It's already thin ice. Everybody's already walking on eggshells. Don't bring up the past. Come on. It's the holidays. We love each other. So don't bring up the past. There's nothing that can be done about it anyway. It's this, it's you know, the spirit of giving and forgiveness and and love and compassion. So let's just pretend that those things didn't happen. Let's just move on. Just let it go. And that's really, really hard to do if you have been repeatedly traumatized and abused and invalidated by the people that you're expected to be spending the holidays with. Now, moving on into more spiritual pressures. Religion is a big theme that comes up during the holiday season, whether it is the pressure to be religious or the pressure to not engage in religion at all. I have experienced both ends of that spectrum. I'm pretty neutral about it. I'm not a religious person. I tend to, I don't know, see the holidays is not really a religious thing, but I also don't care if people do. There's like a battle of wills that happens between the super religious and the very not religious. It's a the, the holiday season becomes a battlefield where there's either this pressure to think of the holidays. It's like, this is about Jesus or think about it and be like, no, religion is a lie and it's wrong and it's stupid. And the holiday shouldn't have anything to do with that. It should be a secular holiday. And like, ah, it seems like everybody mad about religion in the holidays. I don't get why everybody's so angry. Can we calm down? Can we just like let other people just, I don't know, exist in their own kind of holiday spirit, whatever that may come with? One of the things that really irritated me last year, because I'm not really a religious person, I'm fine with other people who are, but I personally am not. Last year, I was going through a whole lot of stuff in my personal life and in my relationship, and I was struggling to find any joy in the holidays whatsoever. I finally was able to find a little bit of positivity, and I had made a post on social media about my reason for the season, just being you know, present with myself and preparing to let go of things from the past and move into the future with a better frame of mind and all of that. And I was trying to just appreciate where I was at in my journey and move forward. And somebody, I'm sure they were well-intentioned because religious people, they a lot of them really do just want to share the gospel and the word of God. Somebody commented on my post. It was the first comment that there was, was no, the reason for the season is Jesus. Okay. I'm happy for you that the reason for your season is Jesus. I'm not feeling Jesus. I'm sorry. Can you not invalidate my experience by trying to force baby Jesus on me? I would feel the same way about somebody if I had found the reason for the season being a spiritual one and somebody came in and was like, no, Religion is wrong and fuck Jesus. Like I would have had the same reaction. It's like, can can you just not? Can you just not? Can we just let each other enjoy the holidays on our own terms? That'd be sweet. I'm I'm not really much of a very religious person either when it comes to all of that. But I, I, I get kind of logically escalated by all of this. Just the part of me that goes, but you're all idiots. You know, when it's, well, Jesus is the reason. Well, no, technically the holiday was hijacked for Christianity propaganda purposes. It was originally a pagan holiday. And the reality is it's also a very commercial holiday. And the reality is it's also just a very family oriented holiday. And the reality is it's also near the, the winter solstice. And the reality is that it's just a fucking day. 
There are so many reasons out there. So many cultures and people and individuals have put into this time of year their own ideas. And I'm so on board with Ivy is just let people enjoy or not enjoy the season on their terms. That's that's all I'm asking for that because I like I said I'm not really religious. I just get annoyed that everybody is bickering about it. I guess is is the problem for me. There are also physical pressures, pressures on our body. And I know this time of year, a lot of us, we just tend to get in more pain and we get sick more often. And I know the cold weather doesn't cause sickness and all that. But for whatever reason, a lot of us do get a lot more colds in the winter and we feel under the weather. And because we're not following our routine, we're under greater stress. We're more likely to have physical problems and physical ailments. And that then also goes into the food as well, because we're being expected to to eat other foods that maybe we don't always eat or to overeat. And then that's going to cause physical problems for us. And then if you're like me or Ivy, that's a problem in and of itself too, is just food. Because right now I don't know what's going on with me, but as best I can tell for the time being, I can't do meat. I can't do dairy. I can't do sugar. I can't do gluten. And I don't like a lot of food otherwise. So I get these holiday meal invitations or I'm at this work thing and people are expecting me to eat the turkey. Well, I don't really want to because that's not going to be healthy for me or the mashed potatoes because it has dairy or the yeast rolls or the pumpkin pie. And I'm getting pressured and being basically looked at as a Grinch or an ass because I'm refusing to eat. But when I do eat these things, I know I'm going to have physical, psychological and emotional fallout from it. But there is all this pressure as well around food and eating. It's also important to note that the pressures around food, especially during the holiday season, can be very difficult for people who struggle with disordered eating. That's something that I have struggled with for a large portion of my life. It's it's gotten much better now, but I had really bad issues with disordered eating when I was younger. And I was honestly, because I had been bullied so much for being overweight when I was younger, even within my own family, I had been bullied for that. So I at some point developed a fear of even eating in front of other people. I would only eat when I was by myself. So the holidays were a really stressful time for me because you have all these people gathered, whether it's your family or it's you know work associates or whatever, and everybody was eating and there was this expectation that everyone should be eating. And you're, like Otto said, you're kind of an ass if you don't, but I couldn't do it. I would freeze up. It would cause panic and anxiety attacks for me, the idea of eating in front of other people. And I know also there's a lot of people with disordered eating that developed that disordered eating because of, like me, some of that bullying. And for some of those people, that bullying came initially from their family. So if you have these holiday meals with your family that you're expected to go to and everybody's sitting around the table and you feel like your family member or family members are watching you like a hawk and judging every little thing that you eat, that's super fucking stressful. So anybody who does struggle with disordered eating, I feel like those battles are so much harder during the holidays when there is so much pressure to eat. There's so many social engagements that are centered around food. There's a lot of you know sweet treats and sugary things and really fatty things. And if you have dietary restrictions or if you have disordered eating because you're terrified of taking in extra calories, all of that stuff just adds to the stress that you're already feeling. And that can get, I speak from experience, that can get really overwhelming 
The last pressure we'll talk about today is financial pressure. We joked about it at the beginning of the episode, but this is very much, at least in the United States, I don't know how it is elsewhere, a commercialized season. Everything is buy, buy, buy. And it's not just buy gifts. It's buy extra food and special food and decorations and plane tickets to go visiting and just give your money to the Santa outside the store. There is so much pressure to spend money like crazy. And so many of us that are different functional, I mean, if you have been blessed or are lucky enough that you don't struggle with finances, that's great. But there's so many of us that are different functional that do have a trauma background, that do struggle with our mental health. We don't have a lot of money to begin with. And this pressure to buy is very, very difficult because some of us do. We want to provide those presents to our families or our friends, or we do want to provide a happy season for our children or a special meal for our loved ones. And we honestly can't afford it. And either we then have to take on another job, which then stresses us out further and makes everything worse, or we have to spend money we don't have that's going to hit us later, or we just have to not spend it all and destroy all these expectations that our loved ones or ourselves even had about the holiday. That can be also very psychologically damaging, I think, as well. That is also why a lot of other people do get depressed around the holidays is because they just don't have enough money to make it the happy holiday that society tells them it should be. It's almost kind of like those relationship fairy tales they give. We also get holiday fairy tales about how these things should be. That's what they are. They're fairy tales. They're not reality. They're false ideals, but we're expected to live up to them during this time of year. And if we're not able to escape them, you're going to end up hurting and you're going to end up feeling disappointed and you're going to end up feeling like a failure because they are false ideals and the majority of us can't actually achieve them. Now that we've talked about all of the pressures around the holidays. Let's get to the good stuff. Let's talk about how we can turn the tables on those holiday traditions. First and foremost, the first point that we want to make is that, you know what, you have a choice. These traditions, they are like a script. We do feel compelled to play the part. We do feel those pressures bearing down on us, but we still have choices. We don't have to engage. I mentioned this in a previous episode of the podcast. Autumn always used to tell me when I was a kid that you don't have to do anything but die and exist. This also applies here. When you feel those holiday pressures on you, just remember, you don't have to do anything but die and exist. So let's start talking about how you even go about that. How do you start making those choices? Well, first of all, the most important thing is to take a little bit of time to identify what your priorities and your resources are. How much can you give to the holiday spirit and to other people during this time of year? How much do you want to? What do you have access to as far as resources, your time, your money, your energy? What do you have accessible to you? Because once you know those things, you take some conscious time to think about it, it allows you to make informed choices about what you do and don't want. So you're not just doing things out of that sense of obligation and just because you're feeling pressured. For me, when I weigh things out, as I was talking about before, my history with disordered eating, a lot of times if I get invited to say a Thanksgiving dinner or a Christmas dinner, a lot of times I'll turn down that, that invitation. But if somebody wants to invite me to go to a Christmas tree farm with them, or they want to invite me to go to a pumpkin patch with them, I am down for that because I enjoy those parts of the season and I don't feel any guilt or pressure or anxiety around those things. 
I make those conscious choices about what I do and don't want to do based on what I value and prioritize during the holiday season. I love the fun activities. I love carving pumpkins. I love decorating the Christmas tree. I, I, I love doing those kinds of things. So I am always on board for that. And I'm always looking for opportunities for that. And I'll extend invitations for things like that. And I use that as a way to kind of avoid and stay out of those situations that are not enjoyable for me and do cause me a lot of anxiety, like sitting down to a holiday meal with a lot of people. I'm kind of on the other end because while I do have a lot of eating and restrictions, I do love food. And I do use the holidays to eat food that I shouldn't eat, like pumpkin pie or turkey. And so if somebody invites me to free meal, I'm probably going to say yes, even if it's an awkward family gathering. But if somebody were to invite me to a pumpkin patch or a Christmas tree carving, if it's just like a casual friend, I'd probably say no, because trying to figure out how to navigate that social situation would be so stressful for me. The the connection with other peripheral humans, just it really isn't that important to me in the holiday season or ever, I guess. We always talk about in so many things we say, well, you have to figure out what your priorities are. And I know that seems redundant, but that is really where it starts is knowing what's important to you because we do have those limited resources and there's only so much that you have to give. So you've got to know what's worth giving to so that you can get a little happiness or at least to help protect yourself during the holiday seasons. You then also need to know how much you actually have to give. And that can be a little bit harder to decide because sometimes we're doing great the rest of the year and we think, you know what, I can really meet the obligations. I can have a big dinner. Yeah, I can do this Christmas party. And we're thinking with the rest of the year and we didn't take into account the stress or the trauma or the grief or the triggers. And then we get into it and we realize, oh shit, I don't actually have that much because I didn't account for how much more I have to spend in my energy, how much more I have to spend in my money, how much more I have to spend in my time this time of year. So you don't necessarily want to overcommit. You might start thinking right now about budgeting. And I'm not just talking money. Budgeting money around the holidays is great. And not just gifts, but including meals and including decorations and all that stuff because we can overspend so much time this time of year. But also budgeting everything. Budgeting your time, for example, is great. Are you going to have enough energy to participate in all of these things? Should you select what you're going to do or not do and start figuring that out now? And then if you get into the holiday season and you realize you have a little more psychological energy, you have a little bit more emotional wherewithal and you can say yes to one or two more things, then do that. But now at least you can start saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to budget. This is what I think I have to spend this year and estimate it out. Yes, it's not going to be exact. It's just going to be a plan. That's what a budget is. It's an ideal, but it gives you somewhere to start so that you don't overcommit and you don't get into the beginning of December and you realize I'm already done with this and you still have over a month left to go. Another reason why it's really important to identify what your priorities are and what what resources you have accessible to you is that this allows you to decide what your reason for the season is. Instead of allowing society or the media or your family or friends to determine for you what the holidays should look like for you, what they should include, what you should be prioritizing and valuing. Once you actually take time to sit down and think about these things for yourself and make some intentional choices, you can get yourself out of 
of that autopilot, which can lower your stress levels because then you're determining what's important to you and you're focusing on what on what matters to you. For me, lately, I, I haven't really had <laughs> much of a reason for the season. I've kind of been struggling with that since, uh, since our mom died in 2016. It's been hard for me for some reason to really wrap my head around the holidays and enjoy it. But even before our mom passed away, my reason for the season generally didn't have anything to do with what other people said it should. I just liked the pretty things. I liked the carved pumpkins. I I liked all of the fall leaves. I liked the Christmas lights and the ornaments on the Christmas tree. That's what I valued. It was all about the aesthetic and the visuals for me. And I used to feel kind of guilty about that. But then I, I let go of that because... I didn't want anybody else determining for me what my reason for the season should be. At some point in the future, I'm sure I will get back into the holiday spirit and I'll want to do all of those things again. For the time being, though, I'm just not in that space and it's okay to not be in that space. And when I do get back involved in that holiday spirit and I want to start doing those things again, you know, I, I probably will be guided by the same things that I was before. Because for me, the prettiness that comes with the holiday season during our childhood was one of the only things that I really had positive memories of because the holidays themselves, Christmas Day, Thanksgiving, anytime we had to get together for that meal and sit across the table from each other and stare at each other in hateful silence, that was painful and awful. But leading up to Christmas, when we would go to the Christmas tree farm and get our own Christmas tree, and then we would bring it home and Autumn and and mom and I would decorate the tree together and decorate the house on the inside. That was a joyous experience for me. And I felt calm and I felt happy and I have good memories of that. That is a large part of what the holidays mean for me. And I put my emphasis on that. I'm all about that holiday aesthetic. That's another reason why if I get invited to go to a tree farm with somebody, fuck yeah, I'm going. Because that's part of what happiness was for me during the holidays. And I think it's important to look at what the holidays mean for you and what about them can bring you happiness. Because if there's any shred of joy in the holidays, by all means, take up that shred, build on it, make the holiday season your own. And a lot of us, even though we went through traumatic childhoods or we had difficult experiences during the holidays, there are often a few at least minor things that may have been happy or may have brought joy or at least may have been pleasant. And you can draw on those. And if there weren't, you have the ability now to recreate however you want to make the choices about what's going to make you happy. You can figure out what makes you happy in the rest of life and pull that in and start creating something for the future. My holiday seasons, I I am a child at heart. I, I really am very much a child at heart. And so that's what that's what I love about all of this time of year, this whole season, is I love the childishness of it. I love the wide-eyed wonders and the first snowfalls and the pretty lights and getting a little gift, not a big, amazing, expensive thing, but just a tiny gift and knowing that somebody loves me and wanted to give me something. And also the joy of being able to give somebody something little and be like, I found this and it was special and I wanted you to be happy. And I'm very, very childish in that way. And that's what I celebrate during the season is those childish bits, those bits that make me happy and make me feel loved and make me feel connected and make me feel safe. And I do agree that you do have to let go of the societal traditions or the familial traditions if you have those in order to be able to find that happiness or that joy or that little bit of pleasantness in the season. Because for the longest time, I was the biggest Grinch. I hated Christmas and I hated Thanksgiving and it was all stupid and it was all bullshit. 
because of all the negative memories I had and because of all the pressures that were out there. And it got to the point where I was just being pissed off and bitchy for like three or four months every year. And I'm like, wait, do I need to be? This is a lot of emotional tax on me. Can I let some of this go? And I realized, you know what? Yeah, I can. I've done some of the work. I can move forward from this. I am still holding myself here because of the traditions that we're expected to hold on to. And so I let go of what I could and I continued to work to let go of more of it. And I reached out towards something that could bring me a little bit of happiness and solace because even with that, the holidays are still a difficult time for me. I still do feel triggered by a lot of your cultural, traditional things that happen because of the childhood I've had. So it is a difficult time for me. And so it's nice to be able to reach out and find things that can support me during that time and provide me happiness during a darker hour. And I want to say right now and really stress this, the reason for the season, which I I really hate that, but I'm going to go with it because it's so known is yours to define. So right now, fuck whatever anybody else thinks your reason should be. Your reason is your own and you can define it and that is perfectly okay and it is perfectly acceptable. And the reality is you don't even have to share your reason for the season with everybody. It's not like you have to make an official announcement or wear it on a shirt or anything like that. You can just know it in your head and what you tell or don't tell other people and what fights you choose or choose not to have with other people is a completely separate thing. But as long as you know what it is in your head and can act accordingly on that, that's really, really what matters that takes us into our next point as well is to use this time to be ready with excuses and escape patches. Okay, so yes, ideally, we should all be authentically healthy and assertive all the time. And that is a great ideal to work towards. It is not something that many of us are capable of sometimes even on our best days, but definitely not during times where we experience more pressure and we experience more stress or we are being triggered or we are experiencing grief more acutely. Our resources are being spent on trying to survive that time and we don't have the ability to invest in those positive, healthy, assertive coping skills or being authentic and fighting that fight to be authentic. And if you are neurodivergent, you know what I mean and you know what masking is and you know how much you have to lie in order order to get along, sometimes you just don't have the energy for that. And that is okay. So if you get into this time of the year and you're like, you know, I want to say that this is what my reason for the season is, or I want to be able to just honestly tell them I don't want to see them and you can't, it's okay. You don't have to. So there there are a lot of options when it comes to this. So start thinking about what options are going to work for you to navigate the minefield of the season. So the very first one, which I think Ivy is really good at, so I will let her go with this, is you could just be a dip, be an asshole. I have fallen back on this one quite a bit. I try to reserve it for situations where it's actually called for. But sometimes you do have to be a bit of a dick because people get really pushy. And even when they're trying to be helpful or they're trying to include you or they're trying to be generous and bring you into their fold or whatever, you're not always in the mood for it. I have not been in the mood for the holidays for the last few years. And in my late teens and early 20s, I also was not in the mood for the holidays because I did have so much trauma wrapped up in it. Sometimes you just don't want it and people get pushy. And while they may be well-intentioned, you have to be real blunt and tell people exactly why you don't want to do this. I even have played it up. Just be like, you know what? I do fucking hate the holidays. Okay. Just leave me alone. I don't want anything to do with it. All right. 
Holidays are shit. Do I fully believe that? No. But sometimes you got to pull out the big guns and shut that down by making people as uncomfortable as possible. Most of the time, though, I don't have to go that far. Most of the time, I'm just honest with people. And that's usually enough. That honesty is that, look, I just don't really do the holidays because my family was a shit show and they were horrible to each other. And there's a lot of trauma for me with the holidays. So I just prefer not to acknowledge them. I just prefer to pretend as though they don't exist. I don't like my family. I don't like other people's families. I don't like anything about the holidays, really. So I'm just going to pretend like it's not a thing. Because again, you may not have the resources to be that healthy, loving, assertive. Sometimes all you have is blunt. Sometimes that's all you got. So you go with it. And if people take it personally, well, they'll get over it. That That's the truth of the matter. If they're going to be pushy, then they have signed up to potentially get some pushback and they'll just have to grow a thicker skin. It's not your responsibility to cater to everybody and their feelings. They're there will be plenty of other people who will be able to share in that holiday spirit with them. And they're, they're obsessed with making you engage in the holiday spirit. That's their problem. It's not yours. So be a dick if you have to. I think us, not all of us are able to be that just yet. I, I know for the longest time, especially during my early adulthood, I relied on white lies instead. So you don't have to create huge elaborate lies, but just what I call normal social lies. You know, I always go to the, well, how are you doing today? I'm fine. That's a lie. Everybody lies to each other. What's a couple little more white lies? If there's a big work party and you just, you cannot handle dealing with the holiday work party, call in sick that day. You know, make your excuses. Oh God, I wish I could have been here. It was just a horrible migraine. I don't know what happened or food poisoning. I, it was just so, uh, create a false event. Hey, we're having this party. Can you come? Oh, when is it? Oh, the 23rd. No, I, I'm going to this other thing. It's a family. I can't. I'm sorry. It's okay <laughs> to come up with little white lies to get out of things, to protect yourself emotionally and psychologically. Just, I will say, be extremely careful with white lies and uh, keep track of them because you don't want to start getting into the issue of people figuring out you're lying and then having to explain it because then that pulls in more resources. So be very general, be very vague and try to maintain the same lies whenever you can so that you don't create a bigger bucket of worms to, to deal with. If you're feeling guilty about those little white lies, just remember this one thing. Everybody lies. It's okay. Like everybody will tell some white lies from time to time. If people lie to you on a regular basis, you lie to them. It's part of normal human social interaction. We get lied to as children when we're told that we shouldn't lie and that other people don't lie and that adults don't lie. See, that in and of itself is a lie. So if you feel guilty about lying, about why you don't want to go to that party, or you don't want to have dinner with that person, you know, it, it's fine. I'm sure they've lied to other people within the last week too. It's, it's just a thing. It's a thing that we all do. So just, you know, just don't feel guilty about it. Just because it's the holidays doesn't mean you have to be truthful. Yes. And it's not like you're doing it with malicious intent. And that's why it is a little white lie. It's just, it's there to protect yourself. It's there to protect somebody else's feelings. And it's not intended to cause shit or be malicious or hurt anybody. And if you do have too much guilt with that, or you find yourself evolving a little bit and you're like, I want to be just a little more authentic. I want to lie just a little bit less because that's where I got to in my later adult years. You know, I'm like, I don't want to lie anymore. I'd like to start being more authentically me to start practicing that 
as much as I can. And so what I got into was what I call, I call it covert maneuvers. So I wasn't exactly lying, but I was definitely being a little more secretive and arranging things in such a way that I wouldn't have to lie and I still wouldn't have to attend the event. So instead of saying, oh, no, I can't go because of that thing and that thing is fake, you make a thing that's real, even if you have to then schedule it. You're like, oh, no, I can't. I was going to go with my boyfriend Christmas shopping. And then that is the day you go with your boyfriend Christmas shopping because you said you create something so you don't have to. You can also schedule events. So if you know there's going to be the big family dinner that's happening and it's all scheduled and you just cannot face dealing with it this year, but you're not willing to have the fight with the family about it schedule some other event for maybe a friend that lost a loved one. And when your family's like, oh, well, you know, we're having the Christmas, you're like, I really wish I could come this year. I can't. I've got a friend. They just lost somebody. They're going through a really hard time right now. And I really want to be there for them. And then when they're like, oh, we'll invite them along, you can honestly say they're just not up to that much company. And I just want to be there for them today. And it's not a lie. It's very true. And you are doing that for the person, but it also allows you to get out of something you didn't want to do. So I call those covert maneuvers. My personal favorite covert maneuver is to volunteer to work on the holidays. Not everybody can because some people work in, in jobs where everything is closed up on the holidays. But I have worked a lot of professions where things still have to operate. I volunteered to work every single holiday because I wanted to ignore the holidays anyway. And also... When you are volunteering to work on a holiday, everybody benefits because usually you either get overtime or comp time or something like that. You're giving other people the opportunity to take a day off who actually wants to spend time with their family and you get to avoid doing things you didn't want to do. Everybody wins. So volunteering to work on those days or volunteering to do volunteer service of some kind uh, that's that's like one of the best covert maneuvers ever because you get to ignore the holidays if you want to. You get to give other people the opportunity to enjoy them more. You get to avoid uncomfortable social situations and you usually get some sort of financial benefit out of it too. I do think that is an excellent one. And if you do have a retail job, as so many of us have, have retail jobs or have had retail jobs, they will love you. If you're like, no, I can definitely work Black Friday. And since Black Friday starts on Thanksgiving now and you're like, no, I'll sign up. When do you want it? Do you want me to work 14 hours? I'll work 14 hours. They will love you. And so you will get kudos from the job. You might also get holiday pay. So there's a lot of benefits to doing that. And again, also, if you're volunteering somewhere, it kind of makes the other people look like an ass if they're like, oh, but you know, you should come celebrate Christmas. Be like, yeah, but I'm, I'm at the homeless shelter. I'm helping them. Do you think participating in all this capitalistic greed is really what needs to be happening during the season? Is it? That's a really good point. Another great point here as well is that if you are somebody like me who is never a team player at work, this is a perfect opportunity for you to put on the facade of being a team player because people will remember that you took their shift for them and you will seem like a team player when really it's self-serving for the most part. So that, that's another thing that's a you know, life hack for those of you out there like me who are not team players, but need to occasionally pretend as though you are just so you can keep your job. Just just saying. <laughs> there is, of course, just being firm, healthy, assertive and authentic. And if you're capable of that, then yes, of course, be assertive, be authentic, be honest with the people around you, because that is the healthiest route for the most part for you and for the person and for the relationship. But like I said, a lot of us don't have the capability to do that just yet, especially around the holiday seasons, 
or perhaps especially with family. And that's where it gets tricky because sometimes when you have that trauma history, yes, you're trying to set those boundaries, but you're just not yet capable of it. You're, you've been able to practice with coworkers or friends, but you can't quite do it with family. And when you're trying to first time ever assert the boundary with a family member, doing it during the holiday season is going to be extremely difficult. I mean, if you can survive that, great, because after that point, whatever, you're going to be able to do it. But that is really jumping off the deep end of the pool, not knowing how to swim yet. And so it's okay because sometimes the healthiest thing is reserving your resources during the stressful times so that you can keep functioning. So if you have to tell a little white lie, if you have to be a bit of a dick, if you have to make up things so that you don't have to attend an event and you can protect yourself emotionally, you can protect yourself psychologically or even physically, then do that because you're going to keep functioning. And as long as you can keep moving forward, you can keep getting healthier. So that's really what's important is moving forward and getting through this so that you can continue to grow. We've talked about a few of the general things you can do to help turn the tables on holiday traditions. So let's talk about a few more specific tools you can use to really get in there and start changing the script to something that's actually going to work for you. And the first of these is setting boundaries. And since Ivy is our expert boundary setter, I'm going to throw it over to her for this. All right, I don't really know how much of an expert I am with setting boundaries and how much of it is that I've just reached a point in my life where saying no is easier than saying yes. Like I, I weigh things out and I'm like doing the thing that I'm being invited or pressured to do will take so much more energy for me than saying no. I don't know how much of an expert I am, but we'll we'll run with it. You can always take a page from my book and just flat out refuse to attend. You just say no. And then if they get pushy, you tell them aggressively why you don't want to go. And if they continue to be pushy, my, my last ditch effort that I always make is just telling them, no, look, I, I get that you are trying to be, you know, inclusive. You you want me to not have to spend the holidays alone because you view that as being sad. And I understand that. First of all, I am not sad when I am alone on the holidays. It's much calmer for me. It's much, much less stressful. But also, you don't actually want me there. And let me tell you why you don't want me there. Because I am going to be anxious. I'm going to be in a bad mood. I'm going to be grouchy. I'm not going to want to talk to anybody. I will drag down the whole group with my bad attitude. You do not want me there. I will not have the energy or the wherewithal to put on a happy facade. And while you may think that spending enough time around other happy people will lift up my spirits, let me tell you from experience, it will not. I don't want to be there, not because I hate you or anybody else, but because I just don't want to do the holidays. And I assure you that you and the people at your event will have a much better time if I am not there. So, I mean, you can take a page from my book and do that. Be a dick. Be aggressive. And then if that doesn't work, you just tell them why they don't want you at their event. Because that usually will do the trick. I like it. No is usually my go-to answer for any social event I get invited to, holidays or not. If somebody's like, hey, we're having this gathering, would you like to go? Almost always, I will just say, no, thank you, though, for inviting me and just leave it at that. And most people I found really don't ask more. 
maybe it's the type of people I know. Maybe it's me. Maybe I just seem intimidating and they don't want to. I'm not sure. But usually I can just say no. The nice thing I found, though, is you can often change your mind later. So if you get invited to something and you're like, you know, I don't know if I'm capable of doing that, you can initially say no. And unless they're actually saying, well, I need to know for account because we've got to do the presence or we've got to, for whatever reason, they actually need to know. A lot of times you can be like, hey, are you still having that thing? Yeah, my schedule freed up. I was wondering if it'd be okay if I dropped by. And then you can still participate. And a lot of times they'll be super happy because initially you said no, and now you're saying yes. And it's some sort of weird psychological mind game thing where now they think you really like them or something. And so it actually works out on a social level that I don't quite understand. But you can just say no, and it's okay. Another thing that you can do is try to find ways that you can control the experience a little bit more. So when I have been in the holiday spirit, I generally still am very uncomfortable going to other people's houses or other people's parties. So what I'll do is I'll plan something at my place. I will invite other people to that so that I can still be on my own territory. I can be very selective about who's going to be there. I can stay within my comfort zone. And then that also gets me out of having to commit to other engagements on that day because I'm like, oh, well, I have something going on at my place. There are things you can do to try to have a little bit more control over the experience if you do still want to be around people and do holiday things. You can find little ways here and there that you can have a little bit more control over the experience. Like another thing that you can do, lots of people during the holidays because they do go to bigger events where there's more people. And so lots of people are like, well, let's carpool. Let's all go together. I will never carpool with anybody because if you carpool with people, Either you are stuck there until they are ready to leave, or you're the asshole dragging them away when they want to stay. So those sorts of little details can also help a lot. Make sure you don't surrender all of your autonomy and control in these situations, because once you've done that, it's real hard to set boundaries. Once you're in it and you're there, it's really, really hard to set those boundaries if you have not provided yourself ways out of that situation or you've not provided yourselves alternatives. Also, it's acceptable to have those escape hatches ready to go, to have some fake plan, to have some friend or even an alarm, a fake call. I think they even have apps out there for that now. So that if you are in the event, you can have an escape hatch to get out of it. And yes, that's not a clear, happy, assertive boundary with people. But again, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Another way to set boundaries with people and with your time as well is scheduling. Scheduling is a means of boundary setting. You can let people know that I can show up for a little while, but I've only got this long. And then you show up, you eat and you leave. You can also honestly schedule things accordingly so that you can make sure you leave at a certain time. So if there is a family dinner that you're like, okay, I I need to attend the family dinner, but I only want to be there so long, you make sure you schedule something after that. Well, I got to go to work now, or yes, I'm volunteering, or I have to meet my friend to do blank. You set up schedules as a means of boundaries. I think that's a very valid option as well. Another way that you can set boundaries, and it's a really important way to set boundaries, is with finances. 
There's lots of things you can do here. I know there's so much pressure to buy things and exchange gifts and do all of that stuff, but you don't have to do all of that or you can limit how much you do. And it's important that you do that because a lot of people end up spending more money during the holidays than they intended to. And then the beginning of the year is kind of a scramble and they're feeling a little shitty about how much money they spent and a little bit stressed out about paying the bills. So one of the first things you can do, choose not to do gift exchanges. This is one that I have done my entire adult life pretty much. I just set the standard a long time ago that I just I just don't do gifts. And it's not because I don't like people. It's not because I don't care. A lot of times I am short on money, but also I, I kind of took a page from from our mom's book as I got older. Cause you know, when you're a little kid, you want all the gifts, you want the things, you know? But then you get a little bit older and you reach adulthood and you start seeing how much pressure there is and all the obligations and how awkward it is. And do I give them money? Do I give them a gift card? Do I actually go and buy them a gift? What if they don't like the gift? Then they're stuck with this thing that they don't want. Do I give them a gift receipt? And then you, you just get all up in your head about this stuff. I don't know about you. I hate that part of it. And it makes the holidays not fun for me. So as I've gotten older, I've really started to prioritize more things like spending time with people I care about, doing activities. So I choose not to do gifts and you can do that too. Just be really upfront with people about that. Just saying, I just don't, I don't enjoy the gift exchange part. I don't expect a gift from you. Nobody should really expect a gift from me because I'm just not into that part of the holidays. I value things like time and having experiences and making memories that's what's more important to me and I you know I don't really need more stuff and it's just you know it's just a lot of pressure around buying and I'm not really into that part of things and you can even if you are a spiritual person or religious person you can honestly use that as part of the reason why you don't want to do gift exchanges. You can put that emphasis on the reason for the season being more about that time and love and really spending your resources in other ways than just money. Also, another thing you can do to avoid more of those, at least the gift exchanges with people at work and stuff like that, is if you have children and a family that you're trying to provide gifts for, you can just tell people. People, honestly, it's not that I don't care about you guys. It's just I really want to be able to provide a better holiday for my family and especially for my kids. And I really want to be able to spend my money in that area. So it's nothing personal. I just want to be able to provide more for my family. If you are into gifts, another thing you can do is buy ahead of time, which is very hard if if you have difficulty organizing things, buying, you know, months ahead for gifts and Christmas can be difficult. But one of the things I tried to do when I had more friends and associates is instead of doing Christmas gifts, I would do birthday presents. A lot of us, we really don't get much for our birthday, especially as you get older and older, people don't recognize it. And so I would try to get a special gift for my friend's birthday or my family member's birthday. And because birthdays are typically more spread out, that also helped me financially as well as emotionally. And then I would let them know, you know, I'm more interested in giving you something special on your special day as opposed to just the holiday. And a lot of people understand that. You can definitely offer a lot of explanations, but I do especially think right now, more than anything, people understand the cost of stuff. We've got inflation going on like crazy. It's the post-COVID bullshit. There's shortages. All of this stuff is happening. If you just simply say, I can't do gifts this year, I don't think many people are going to question it right now. I think they're going to go, God, I understand. And part of them is probably going to be thank God now I don't have to get you a gift and let them know that too, because that's important as well is if you're not giving gifts, 
you don't get to expect gifts. So don't say you're not giving them and they get resentful and pissed off because people don't give you gifts back. That's a two-way street. So if you're not going to do the gift exchange, remember that you're not participating in the gift exchange. It's not that you're just not giving. You're also likely not going to be receiving. Now, if people do give you gifts, that doesn't mean you have to give it back and say, oh, no, I don't participate in this. But don't get resentful if they don't. And if you do still want to do gifts for the Christmas time, there are ways around that. You could do a gift exchange. A lot of people do a white elephant, even in their family. I'm seeing this becoming a more common family theme that instead of everybody gives everybody a gift, when all of the kids are adults and the parents are adults and you've got the grandparents and the cousins or whatever, you get one gift and then you go around and everybody gets to choose it and you play the white elephant game. And that's actually pretty fun. I enjoy that. And it adds a little something more to the holidays and it can be a special family tradition you do. You could also choose to go completely non-traditional and do something such as everybody buys just this person a gift this year. You can also do little tiny things such as tiny do-it-yourself gifts or only do stockings. I've seen a lot of families lately that only do stockings or workplaces that only do stockings. And then you can spend a little bit of money and have that be more meaningful because it's not like you have to buy a $200 TV for everybody. You can buy a $2 tiny thing for everybody. And that's a lot more affordable and a lot easier to do. And even if you're short on time and resources, you can get bulk stuff like crazy. Just go on to Amazon or Etsy and just buy a shit ton of the same thing. And that's totally forgivable in stockings. One of the traditions I really, really loved as a child before everything got crazy horrible in my family is every Christmas, my mother would make an ornament for all of us kids and it was the same exact kind like one year she'd get little tiny wood pieces and she'd make little wood burnings for us or she'd cut out tin little Christmas trees and every year we would get a little ornament that she had made with our name sometimes or with a little image just for us and that's a tradition I decided to start doing as an adult so all my friends and loved ones I just make them a tiny ornament and initially when I did this I, I did I will admit I got overwhelmed because I'm like oh this will be easy it's just this tiny little ornament but if you have a lot of people which one year I ended up we had to make like 20 tiny ornaments Oh my God, that gets overwhelming. So make sure you're planning ahead enough time to make these tiny ornaments or these tiny gifts and make them simple for God's sakes. Just the fact that it's homemade is going to please so many people. So you don't need to get complicated and you don't need to get complex. It's okay to stay simple and they're just going to be grateful you made them something. And if it is an ornament and they do actually celebrate Christmas with the Christmas tree, it's something they can use every year and put it on there and think about you. And you're also giving the gift of a tradition because you're doing the same thing every year and they know what to expect from you. The last way that you can set boundaries, and this is one that I think a lot of people understand again because of how tight money is for most people right now, choosing not to travel for the holidays. This is another one of those things I have set the standard a long time ago for. I do not travel during the holidays. Very honest with the people that I care about. It's like, I'm not going to travel for the holidays. So I won't be, I, you know, I won't be home for Christmas, but I will find some other time during the year that I'll come back when there's less chaos, there, you know, there's less craziness, less obligations that everybody has during the holidays. So I'll come during maybe summer. And then that way I can actually spend more dedicated time with you guys. That's one of those things that you can do to really set those boundaries and that saves 
saves you a lot of money and it saves you a lot of stress because the main reason I don't travel during the holidays, aside from just the financial aspect of it, is that too many other fucking people are traveling during the holidays. It's madness. And also during the holidays, if you're traveling in the Northern Hemisphere, there's so many chances when your flights might get delayed or canceled and then you get stuck someplace and you're not even, you didn't even make it home for the holidays. There's all of these things that can happen during the holidays that make travel really stressful, really expensive, and just not worthwhile. So setting boundaries as far as that goes can be really, really helpful for you in keeping your stress levels down and spending less money. And that kind of moves us into the next topic here, which is once you've set all of those boundaries and things like that, now you start acting on those things and you start figuring out what you are going to do. You start finding compromises, you start finding alternatives. So one of those first things is that if you're choosing not to travel, but you still do want to be engaged with your loved ones who live far away during the holidays, or even your loved ones who may live on the other side of town, but you're just not in a space where you can really physically be present and be there. If COVID brought us anything good, it's the knowledge that there are a lot of things that we can do remotely. And so doing virtual participation and virtual holidays where you're still all interacting, you're still spending time together as it were, but you don't have the pressure of being all in one place at one time. If you have been in a a very difficult family and there's a lot of fucked up dynamics there, like we talked about in our last episode, one of the things that can happen is we tend to pull each other back into those dynamics when we're around each other. So if you've had a family with difficult dynamics and you're growing, or maybe all of you are growing, but you're not yet capable of physically being around each other because that neurobiological pull is just too great, sometimes that can be tampered down a little bit with a virtual connection. So you can still manage to celebrate the holidays and actually maybe have a pleasant celebration or actually connect with loved ones in a way you would not be capable of if they were physically present because you would be getting pulled back into those old patterns and those old dynamics. Another thing that you can do around that compromise and alternative idea is reducing the expectations for celebrations. So there's a lot of those scripts out there that are saying, oh, this is what we're going to do. And because nobody talks about it, we just, well, we assume we're going to have the traditional Thanksgiving dinner with the turkey and the dressing and the stuffing. And it's just there, actually actively and consciously start reducing those expectations for yourself and for others. You're interrupting the script and you're saying, you know, I know this is what's expected of us, but maybe we can do this. And I think a big one out there is allow other people to help. This is especially important for our, I would say our mothers out there, because for whatever reason, I do still feel that there is this social idea that the mom is somehow in charge of the family celebration and the family decorations and organizing Christmas and getting all of the meal stuff ready. Maybe you can step back and allow other people to help or delegate it out, whether that's a potluck meal or giving the list to the husband or making the husband come up with the list or allowing the grandparents to participate more or the cousins, whatever that is, allow other people to assist you in all of these holiday things, the decorations and the meals and the event planning and the gifts. Another way that you can kind of reduce those expectations and take a bit of a load off is uh, when it comes to the food, do potlucks instead. Have everybody bring something. That way, not just one person is responsible for making these big holiday meals. Or you do non-traditional meals. That was one of the things that we did in our household is... 
for Thanksgiving, my mom would make the big Thanksgiving meal, you know, the turkey and all the millions of sides that go with that. But she always thought it was really stupid to do the same thing pretty much a month later. And, you know, she, she was raised Seventh-day Adventist, so you don't eat pig. So we, we didn't do the Christmas ham the way a lot of people do. So what she would do instead is she would do some sort of non-traditional meal. So we would do tacos or she'd make chili or she'd make chicken and dumplings, but it was always something different. So that took some of the stress off. Whereas, yeah, during Thanksgiving, she'd have to put in all of this work and this effort. But then for Christmas, she would do something different that was way less stressful and required way less work. So doing either potlucks or doing those non-traditional meals is is really helpful for kind of reducing those expectations and making the holidays a little bit easier to manage. And also it can help with financial aspect of things too, because it gets really expensive to buy that big turkey and all of the millions of sides that go with it. One other benefit and perk to those non-traditional meals too, is those people that do have eating issues, they have to avoid gluten or have to avoid sugar, have to avoid whatever. They then have more choice, especially if you set up something like a taco bar or a potato bar, or you bring a, a chili potluck or soup potluck. It provides a lot more options for them. And so you're not accidentally discriminating against them or forcing them to eat things they shouldn't be eating because they actually have the choice to eat something that's healthy for them. It's kind of funny because as we were, Sonam and I were putting together our notes, we realized that a lot of the things in this category of compromises and alternatives that we were coming up with, we were really food focused, which I think says a whole lot of things about both Autumn and I. But, you know, apparently there are other expectations for the holidays too. Like other people build expectations around things that are not food related. So let's talk about some of that. The first one is gifts, but we already talked about that. Some of the alternatives that you can do for that gift exchanges, white elephant doing stockings only all, all of that stuff that we already discussed. Then the next one is events and time. It gets really overwhelming during the holidays because there are a ton of events, lots of parties, lots of big social events, parades and light displays and all sorts of things like that. So it can get really, really overwhelming to try to do everything. So let's not let's not try to do everything. Let's pick and choose and let's also get creative as well. So one of the things that you can try to do to kind of reduce those expectations and mellow things out a little bit more is see if there's any way that you can combine events. If your in-laws get along with the other in-laws, maybe you could see if you could do a combined event where the entire family on both sides gets together and you do some sort of activity rather than it just being you having to run around like a chicken with your head cut off trying to go to all of these different events. That can be one of the things that you can do. Another thing that you can do is trying to plan a little bit more low-key and lower stress events that focus specifically on connecting with the people around you rather than just having a meal. Because that's what everybody goes to during the holidays. It's just, hey, let's get together for food. Let's get together for food. Maybe that's why Autumn and I were so food focused. We, we, we buy into that part of the holiday pressures food. But there are other things that, that you can do. You can get together to sing carols or play board games or go to a Christmas tree farm or go to a pumpkin patch, things that are a little bit less stressful for everybody involved. When it comes to combining events as well, something to consider is think outside of your family. So for example, if you do have kids and you're close friends with another family that has kids, 
maybe you all have a dinner together or a Christmas together and everybody participates in that. You have that connection with other people and you're breaking up just that family staring at each other dynamic. And you're also helping share the load both financially and just practically of trying to get all that meal ready. If you do have to go to those events and you're at these meals or you're at these celebrations and you're just not comfortable with them because you're not good with social stuff or these people are your family member and it was a very difficult family to deal with, oftentimes there are going to be kids tables, especially at family celebrations. Consider sitting at the kids table. I am not a big kids person. If you've listened to the podcast all, you know that. But I would definitely sit at a kids table during a family event way over sitting at the adult table anytime because I can get along with kids a lot easier than I can with adults talking politics or dealing with some psychological issue from the past during the holiday season. I'll go sit with the kids that are talking about, I don't know, whatever kids talk about nowadays, Paw Patrol and boogers. I'm not sure. And as Ivy was saying, finding alternative ways to celebrate is great because there are so many expectations about being with family and celebrating with family. If you want to celebrate with family or maybe you don't, but you're not yet able to say no to that, maybe you can coax people into, or if you're planning the event, just plan the event to be an alternative way. So one of those, for example, is you do the normal thing, but you provide that distraction. Ivy said, you know, you play board games, apples to apples or cards against humanity, or everybody sits down and watch a sports game. If you're really big into sports, why force everybody to awkwardly stare at each other and eat silently? Allow everybody to eat in front of the game and joke around and have fun. Because after all, the holidays, traditionally speaking, are about joy and merriness and happiness and connection, right? So if your family can't find that staring at each other silently over a fork, then allow them to find that staring at the 49ers or the Rams or whatever other football team there is. I completely exhausted my knowledge of football teams there. And I don't honestly know if the Rams are a football team now that I've said that. The Rams are a football team. But as a Ravens fan, I am insulted that you did not mention the Ravens instead of the Rams. So I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. All right. Uh, another thing that you can do if being stuck in a house with your family is traumatic or a huge pain in the ass, maybe try to get everybody out of the house. This is one that I would put a lot of emphasis on personally, because the most miserable times of my life as a child was being stuck under the same roof with everyone. Because most of the time we found creative ways to never be around each other. So being stuck together with all of the unspoken resentment and all of the awkwardness and the hatred towards each other usually ended and somebody yelling at somebody else and then things would escalate. And then by the end of the day, everybody was angry and crying and miserable. So getting out of the house is great. Try to find an activity that you can all do together somewhere else. Go to a movie together, go watch a, a parade, go to the tree farm, maybe volunteer together. Uh, there are so many things that you can do to get out of the house, out of that tension, break out of that mold of what the holidays are traditionally maybe supposed to look like. Because when you can get out of the house, when you can get out of all of that, there's this opportunity to kind of diffuse that tension because you're not all sitting there staring at each other. There's not all of this silent awkwardness going on. And if you are somebody who has a great relationship with your family, I am so happy for you. There's a lot of us that don't though. And it is much easier to be around difficult people in our family or people that we've had 
difficult dynamics with, it's a lot easier to be around them if there's some sort of distraction. And if you can get outside, go someplace else, it also kind of takes you out of those old patterns with them. In our previous episode, we had talked about those patterns that we get stuck in with these people that we grow up with. And some of those behavioral patterns, some of those things, we get stuck in those patterns because of the environment itself. So instead of going to grandma's house, see if you can find someplace else to go. See if you can find something else to do that would not lend itself as much to those same toxic or or negative patterns that we have with people. And maybe you can shift the energy just enough that you can actually enjoy the holidays with these people that under any other circumstance, it might be difficult to be around them. Another thing that you can try to do is meet with a larger group of people. So instead of it just being your family, maybe do go to a church event or some sort of cultural event because that also will help diffuse the situation because there's other people involved in this. You can take a break from your own family, go talk to somebody else. Also, while we're around other people, for the most part, we try to be on our best behavior. So it keeps everybody in check a little bit. People that might normally be kind of an asshole during the holidays, maybe they'll tone it down because they don't want to look bad in front of other people. There's lots of benefits to getting out of the house and getting with maybe other people as well. Which I just think goes to speak of the amount of pressure that is the holiday season that we hear Ivy or myself recommending you leave the house and associate with other groups of people. <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, right? there are also, keep in mind, options outside of family. If you do have family and you don't want to participate them or you no longer associate with your family or you no longer have family, consider finding alternatives to the family expectations or the family traditions. A really popular one I've heard of, and I don't know a whole lot about it, but I'm assuming it's pretty basic, is Friendsgiving, which is you get together with friends instead of family. And the nice thing around this time of year is no matter the culture or the religion, a lot of people do celebrate two holidays in the U.S. this time of year. You have Thanksgiving and then you have Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or a solstice, but there's two of them. So maybe you reduce how many has to be spent with family and you spend one of them with friends instead. I think that's a really valid option. Friends aside, you can also spend it alone. I'm just I'm just saying I, if if you are newly out of a traumatic family and you're on your own for the first time, I do encourage you if you're capable of handling it to try spending a holiday alone doing whatever it is you want to do. I did that shortly after, I think I was 18, and it is still one of the most pleasant Christmas memories I had. I actually went into work because I didn't have a computer at home. I ate some leftovers from the day before and typed up a term paper. And it is actually one of the most positive Christmas memories I have from ever because there was no stress involved with it in being alone. I also am an advocate for spending some time alone during the holidays. I have spent many holidays by myself in solitude and it has almost always been glorious. I usually do something special, but it's for me and I do it on my terms and I get to do whatever the fuck I want and nobody sees it. Nobody can say anything. It's the holiday is mine. It belongs to me. So I am also an advocate for spending the holidays alone. Another thing that you can do, and I kind of talked about this briefly before, which is instead of going to other people's events, if you want to be around people, but you're more comfortable having it in your own territory, invite people over to your place and you can keep it super casual. So for years, when I lived in Tulsa, 
one holiday a year, I would make a massive amount of food. I would make enough food to feed 30 or 40 people. And what I would do, because I had a lot of friends who weren't on good terms with their family, and I had a lot of friends who worked in professions where they were working during the holidays. You know, they worked on Christmas or Thanksgiving, and they were a lot of them were in law enforcement or they worked in corrections. It's, it's those jobs where you don't get the holidays off because you're, you're always going to need those folks to be working. Since I had all these people in my life that worked crazy schedules or didn't get along with their families, I would make a massive amount of food and I would just kind of put out a general invitation to all of them. And I would say, hey, I'm making a ton of food. Stop by, get yourself a plate. There's no pressure. There's no gift exchanges. There's no nothing like that. It's literally just come eat a meal, chill out for a little bit, take a break, take a load off, enjoy the holidays for a little bit. And then you can go back to work or go back to your stressful family or whatever it is that you need to do. But use this as a refuge. Drop by anytime you want to. Leave whenever you want to. Super chill. And I did that for years. And I always had a ton of people stop by. And they were always really appreciative because... They didn't have to prepare the food themselves. They still got to have that holiday experience. There was no pressure. They could literally come and go whenever they felt like. And it was an awesome experience for me too, because I didn't get overrun with people all at one time. I didn't have to spend an entire day around just one person or a small group of people. So I got a bit of a break. I got a little bit of diversity throughout the day. I got opportunities to see a lot of the people that I care about. And they everybody was just really casual. It was so low key. It was a lot of work for me because I would be cooking for sometimes... <laughs> I think the longest was 24 hours straight I cooked. And then I stayed awake the whole next day so I could hang out with people. That one was a bit much. I would not do that again. But you could do the same kind of concept and not spend all of that time cooking. You could just buy the food or have people drop by and bring food, do the potluck thing. There's lots of options. But that was one of the things that I did that was an alternative to being around family, which is very uncomfortable to me. I wanted to spend time with people, but I wanted to do it on my own terms and I wanted to keep it casual. I wanted it to be low key and I didn't want to have to deal with everybody all at once. So that's that's another option for you. And remember, you are an adult, like we said, and you do have choices. And one of those choices when it comes to the holidays and holiday traditions is you can also just blatantly refuse to celebrate completely. No work parties, no friend obligations, no gift exchanges, no family dinners. You just say No. And this can even go down to media blackouts with holidays. I know there's a lot of stuff going around about how you can do a news blackout so you don't get stressed out about the news. You do the same thing with holiday. You can stay off of social media for a while or you can just choose to ignore those posts. You can turn off the TV anytime something about Christmas or Thanksgiving comes up or flip the channel. You can choose to just pretend like the holiday is not a thing. Ignore the traditions and blatantly just say no. That is an option you have. I am a huge fan of doing this kind of media blackout and just going full on like Christmas does not exist. That is how I'm able to forget that it's a thing most of the time is I just don't acknowledge it. I don't watch a lot of TV anyway. I don't listen to the radio for the most part. I usually kind of cultivate carefully the things I let into my life anyway. So for me, doing that media blackout during the holidays is so helpful because I literally just pretend like it doesn't exist. And so I don't feel the pressure. And I I tell people that I just don't want to or I can't do the holidays. 
either I can't handle it or I'm not in the space for it or I just don't want to. And that is a totally acceptable way to handle the holiday season is just to refuse. And it's okay to tell people that. Will it hurt their feelings? I don't know, maybe, but that's really on them. There's plenty of other people that they can engage in holiday activities with. It doesn't have to be you. I always tell people, and I I talked about this earlier in the episode too, I always tell people like, I'm just not into it. I don't want to. It's not my thing. You don't want me there because I'll drag down the energy and I will sometimes just, (laughs) and I try to make a joke of it as much as possible, which makes some people uncomfortable, but I I try to make it funny anyway, because to me it is. I always joke with people that the holidays are just trauma for me because the holidays mean domestic assault and the police being called. I I think it's funny to think about it in those terms. You know, other people get a little uncomfortable, but I find it very amusing. And if I'm honest, maybe this makes me even more of a dick. I find it amusing how uncomfortable it makes other people. I don't know. I I feel like a lot of people had dysfunctional families and shit got crazy. And lots of people try to pretend that that was not a thing. I own it. Like, yeah, my family's fucked up. You know, it's like a throwdown. It's like the WWE during Christmas. What have you got? I usually go with, you know, in my family, it was all about alcoholism, suicide attempts, and somebody being stabbed with a fork. Nobody ever actually got stabbed with a fork, but I always like to throw in stabbed with a fork. I don't know why I find that particular bit humorous. I also don't know why it needs to be humorous when we're trying to be aggressively honest. But there it is. Yeah, Ivy and I have go-to excuses when you don't want to do the holidays or you really need to get out of something. Be aggressively honest with just that hint of humor, the holiday joviality. And don't don't be afraid to embellish your story either, because that makes it more entertaining. And, and it makes it more entertaining for you, too, because you watch the gears turning in people's heads as they try to figure out if you're exaggerating or not, which is also a fun thing. I mean, that's part of my reason for the season, to be perfectly honest. Just keep people guessing. Make them wonder just how fucked up my family really was. I mean, I feel like if you come from a really fucked up family, that is part of the entertainment for you is seeing how other people respond to your fuck up Another option that I've seen other people use, too, if you really want to get out of the holidays and you want to be aggressive about it as well, study up on history. The holidays are amazing for history. Thanksgiving, for example. Yeah. Yeah the fucked up shit we did to that get a few historical facts and then somebody comes at you for thanksgiving lay it on them just start repeating verbatim everything you've read up on or with christmas when they're like but the reason for the season study up on the history of that and start repeating it to them most people are going to shut you down really quick because they don't want to hear it so that is another valid option if you need to get aggressive with pushy holiday pushers just history here it is motherfucker it is important to actually be genuine about that if you don't actually feel enraged by The atrocities of history, which I don't know how anybody could know those things and not be enraged by it and have the holidays tainted at least a little bit by it. I don't get that. But if you're going to use those things as ways to avoid other people, be fucking genuine about it. Please don't use the exploitation of, you know, other races of people and the trauma and death and destruction caused to so many groups of people because of the fucked up history. So, you know, don't don't just use that as an excuse to avoid your family. You better be fucking genuine about it if you're going to use that. I'm just just saying. Don't don't use the exploitation of other people just to avoid your family. 
that's not cool. <laughs> that is not cool. If you do just need to avoid things, though, and you can afford it, if at all possible, run away for the holidays. This could mean taking a day trip, going on a vacation, or just a lockdown in your apartment. Those are all options. If, if you can afford them, I understand we all are working and sometimes you can't afford to take time off. But consider escaping for holidays. If you're like, I'm just not doing it this year. I just can't do it. Find a way to get away. And I know a lot of this we've been talking about, and this is assuming that you're on your own is what it sounds like. The reality is, though, it doesn't have to be that. If you are involved in a relationship, if you have kids, yes, there is more balance and compromise with this, but you also have needs that need to be met. And honestly, if your family is not willing to respect the fact that you are overwhelmed by holiday or you are triggered by Christmas or you have horrible issues with Thanksgiving, that is a psychological issue in and of itself that probably should be dealt with at some point because your family to some degree, if they really love you, needs to be able to respect that fact and not just push you into following this tradition. So if you have family and you're not able to do this you know, you're with your kids, Maybe your partner is and you let them do that. And you do explain to your children why you don't. You don't need to hand your trauma down to them, but you do provide them an excellent understanding of not having to live the traditions of society just because they're expected and of allowing other people to take their own healing journey and not making everybody do the exact same thing. There are compromises that can be found even when you are part of a relationship or a family unit as an adult. You can find compromises. You can work with your partner. You can work with your children. And if you do have children and you want to celebrate or you don't have children, but you still want to celebrate, perhaps you can celebrate in your own way. You create a new tradition. You find an alternate tradition to celebrate. A lot of people in my life who are who are not religious and they actually don't like the holidays because like me, they also have a lot of family trauma. They choose instead to celebrate the solstice. Now, I do not consider myself as somebody who adheres to any one particular spiritual philosophy. So there's a lot of things about the solstice in terms of pagan belief systems that I don't understand. But what I do understand understand from being around these people in my life who celebrate the solstice. It, it's very peaceful. I mean, there is some the, some joy in it as well, but it's very peaceful because for them, the solstice is a time for them to let go of the things that are no longer serving them from this past year to let go of some of the, that pain and to kind of see where they're at in their lives and see in which ways they've grown. And it's a period of time for them to both grieve the pain that they've experienced and the things that they've lost in that year, but also to cleanse themselves in preparation for the beginning of another cycle. So that's one of the things that, that I've seen a lot of people in my own life celebrate is the solstice and everybody celebrates the solstice a little bit differently, but those are the overall themes that I've noticed. And I really love that actually, because for those of us who have experienced significant trauma, especially childhood trauma, or those of us who are neurodivergent or we struggle with mental health problems, the holidays are hard and they can be depressing and it can be a challenge to get through it. And when everybody else around you is trying to pretend like nothing bad ever happens and we all live in a fairy tale where like a happy Disney fairy tale where everything is wonderful and joyous and bad things don't happen to good people. It can be really, really hard to handle that. And I feel like the solstice is more of an opportunity to yeah, see the good things, but also 
be in that space of death and rebirth where you can acknowledge the duality of life, where you can see the the negative side of things and the positive side of things, where you can feel this cleansing energy and you can let go of things and you can grieve things while at the same time preparing yourself for better things to come your way. I found that for me, what I ended up doing was I ended up creating my own holiday because there were aspects of the solstice that I like and enjoy. But there were also aspects of the traditional holidays, both Thanksgiving and Christmas, that I really like. But there is a lot about the holiday seasons that I hated. I hate the commercialization of it. I hate the forced gift giving. I hate all of the expectations and pressure of being happy. But there were all these tiny things I enjoyed. And so one of the things I did within the past few years is I decided, screw it, I'm going to celebrate my own holiday. And so I created what my boyfriend and I decided to call Bobbly Spriggins. I now celebrate Bobbly Spriggins every year. And the idea behind this is kind of what the word sounds like, bobble, because of all the joyous little baubles, the ornaments and the lights and the pretties and the tinsels and the tinkles, and Spriggins, because it's just kind of happy and silly and fun. And so it really encompassed that childlike wonder that I love about the holiday. Holidays. And then another thing we randomly decided, because we're like, you know, screw it, we're going to force this on everybody else. Since everybody forces their thoughts on us, we're going to put this out in the world too. And so that's what I do. I wish people a pleasant Bobbly Spriggins. And we actually talked about that. And I was like, you know what? I don't want it to be a merry or a happy or any sort of other Bobbly Spriggins. I want it to be pleasant because there's no pressure for you to be happy or a particular emotion. It's just to have a general positive, okay time in which things aren't horrible. And every year it's a little bit different depending on what I feel like. But I now celebrate Bobbly Spriggins and I wish people that I love a pleasant Bobbly Spriggins, which is to say, I hope that you are able to find some joy or happiness or gratitude in this time of the year. I am also here with you if you are not able to do that. And I wish to share the wonder and the love and the connection that I feel with you as your friend and loved one. It's simple, but that's what I do now. I celebrate my own holiday. You have the power to rewrite these scripts because these scripts are talking about what you need to do and how you need to play that role and what you need to say and how you should respond. You're an adult. And part of what that means now is to some degree, you are the script writer and you have the ability to go off. You have the ability to improv and you have the ability to throw that thing right back at the director and say, fuck you, I'm not doing this anymore and walk off that stage. So when it comes to all of these holiday traditions, you do have some power to make some choices and to make some changes and to do what you need to do to survive this holiday season. And if you're lucky enough to maybe find a little bit of the joy that everybody says is present this time of year. And I just want to know on the final thing in this episode, out of all of this, the most important thing during this holiday season is really just to take care of yourself, to survive it. Because like we said, as long as you can get through it, you can keep moving forward afterwards. So if you backslide a little bit here and you're not as authentic as you wanted and you're not using that coping skill that you know you should, okay, But did you get through it? Did you survive it with the least amount of harm possible? Great. That's all you need to do. Just get through it so that you can continue growing on the other side. And then every holiday season that comes along can possibly get just a teeny bit better for you. 
Yes, please do give yourself some grace in this, by all means. It is a challenging time of year for everyone. I feel like even pretty neurotypical people that are otherwise pretty healthy and happy and don't have a whole lot of struggles going on, the holiday season is just stressful, if for nothing else, and it's just so much of everything. It's just a lot. So please do give yourself some grace during this season, especially if you do struggle with your mental health or you are processing some trauma or it's just a hard time of year for you. It it is for everybody to a certain degree. And we should have some compassion with ourselves. There's so much pressure to have all this compassion and love for everybody during the holidays. Well, if you're going to have love and compassion for anybody, try having some for yourself first because you do have to make it through somehow. And that can be really hard to do. Recap a a little bit of some of the things that we've already talked about. Prioritize. Figure out what you want out of the holiday season, what you can handle, what you can't, what resources you have. That's part of taking care of yourself. Be prepared ahead of time. Figure those things out for yourself so that you know going into the holiday season what you are and are not willing to do, what you can and what you can't handle, who you do and don't want to spend time with and have those escape plans ready or have those alternative plans ready. Try to figure out some of those things in advance so you're not just operating on autopilot. So you're not just giving into pressures. So you're you're not just acting on compulsion alone. And then provide a little extra self-care for yourself. Add a little bit of extra in. Whatever your usual self-care routine is, give yourself a little bit more. Even if you don't have time during the holidays to do that, at least give yourself a plan for what you're going to do for yourself once you've survived the holidays. So you have something to look forward to so that you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And so you know that, okay, I just have to get through to the end of the year. And then in January, man, I am going to do this awesome thing for myself, or I'm going to go to the spot, or I'm going to take a few days off. Provide yourself as much self-care as you can during the holidays, and then give yourself a plan for future self-care so you have something to look forward to. And I know we talked just a little bit about setting boundaries this time, but in our next episode, we're really going to be getting into that. And so if you need some help setting boundaries with those families or those coworkers or those friends or just society in general, we're going to be talking about that next time to help you get through this holiday season. For today, we will go ahead and wrap this episode up and I will throw it over to Ivy so that uh, she can hand out the connecty bits to you guys. You can find us at our website, www.differentfunctional.com. You can find us on Facebook as Different Functional. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok as Different underscore Functional. You can find us on Patreon as Different Functional. I say Different Functional so much at the end of every episode. Anyway, you can also email us if you want to. We would love to hear from you. Differentfunctional at gmail.com or comment on our social media posts or, or anything. Just reach out to us in any way, shape, or form you can find. There's even a contact form on our website if you want to do it that way. Get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. We're so grateful for you guys that are listening and you keep consistently coming back. We love that we're starting to build a bit of a community here and we would love to get to know you a little bit more. We we want to know who you guys are. You you hear about us all the time. We'd love to hear something about you. And if you feel so inclined and you want to tell other people about us, we would love that as well. Rate, review, subscribe, follow, like, comment, do all of the things and tell people about us. And again, plug our merch a little bit. Again, we're not pressuring you to buy. We, We get it, the holidays, all that stuff. But if you feel so inclined and you want to rock some different functional podcast merch, it's a great way to tell people about us without having to talk to anyone, which I feel is a wonderful thing. 
personally. And our logo is really pretty anyways. I don't know if you've actually looked at our podcast logo, but it's really pretty. And so it looks really nice on the tank tops and the hoodies, which we will be posting some pictures and stuff on social media. We wish you all the best holiday season that you can possibly have. And we will be talking a little bit more about the holidays and navigating it as we move forward through the next couple months. For now, though, as always, remember that different does not mean defective. Thank you for listening.